0: Hey guys, welcome to Colt Film Interview, the podcast where you discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, the people have spoken. You got a chance to cast your vote and let us know which picture you wanted us to choose, and you spoke loud and clear. And you chose the X-rated animated film, Fritz the Cat. So let's start the show. Hey, guys, I'm your host, Cody Everett. Thanks for joining us this week. Please, please do us a favor. Head over to iTunes, rate us five stars, leave us a review. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out at the end of the episode. Also, head over to our YouTube, subscribe there, leave us comments, like our videos, watch some stuff, and then head over to our website, ColtFilmAndReview.com, and do the same thing. It's pretty, pretty repetitive. <laughs> But please do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. Tonight, we're talking about Fritz the Cat. It was directed by Ralph Bocci. Came out in 1972. Had a budget of 850000 Made $90 million in the box office. Was filmed in the U.S. Has a rating of X. And currently sits at a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you don't know what it's about, it's about a hypocritical, swinging college student cat who raises hell in a uh, satiric version of elements of the 1960s. Is that... Sound about right.
2: I mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah sure. I like it.
0: If you're wondering who's talking right now, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going, Chris Willenbrecht? Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everyone. This was a fan pick, but the person who picked this movie was was Mike, and his his fan pick did win the vote by thank barely, barely, barely. It was between this and Showgirls. Yeah, it was cl- it was a close neck one. and neck. So yeah. so, thank you guys for everybody who voted. We really appreciate that. Um. Let me ask you guys this question. Why do you guys think the fans uh,
1: voted this one in? Great question.
0: That's a really good question, because I didn't think I was going to win
2: <laughs>
1: at all. I was I'm, like, eh. I mean, have, have that many people really seen this movie? Or, like... It's not
2: an easy film to get a hold of. Right. Like, I mean, there's an Arrow release, I think,
3: on DVD, and... Everything pretty much else is I think is on VHS. You can actually actually Ryan pointed this out to me when we we're at the uh, my brother Ryan did. It's yeah. uh it's on Fandango, the streaming right. service.
2: He said he messaged me that as yeah.
3: well and I was surprised because
2: I read somewhere that Amazon won't stream it because it's an X rated which right. let's be honest, it's not fucking X rated. It doesn't anymore. really exist anymore. Yeah, anyways. right. So but so I'm surprised that they would, would have that issue. Um because they have worse films on there of his you know they have other films on there they that, have I, that un- I think are yeah, much worse. Like I don't
3: understand why like the X rating versus unrated. I I don't like, understand it either. Doesn't make any sense because yeah. some I, I've seen unrated films that are far worse than X rated films. You know
0: I, th- I think X rated uh, and this movie's label is this is is is, is held as like pornographic.
2: It mm. it was. I th- I
0: still think it's there's, held there's, in that standard, and, and we
2: can get into the we can get into the history of like how they came to get that rating and then what they did with that rating yeah because um marketing was genius behind it honestly. yes it was they, they did it a smart they did a smart thing but uh anyways uh where are we going with I, this? I mean I was Why gonna did say our fans pick I this? think
1: maybe they picked it because it is an x-rated film maybe it's like that whole like thing that follows it around it's what makes it interesting
3: I, I mean I wouldn't say it's not a popular or well-known film because I mean it, it killed at the box office obviously and I'm sure there's there's Quite a slew of fans out there that that have this film in some kind of a, a, a not a high regard, but you know it's it's in the memory. And I think also Fritz the Cat in general is kind of part of that uh, part of that the 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 cultural thing. You know, I'll yeah. say it. I'm not
0: afraid to say it. I will say it. What's that? Our, say it. Our fans are perverts. You're nothing but perverts. You're <laughs> a bunch of perverts. It was between showgirls and Fritz the Cat. <laughs> that is all Sex you got, sells, you know, man.
1: All every you wanted time. to do was hear us talk about boobs. Here, here's what. Here's <laughs> this is a serious podcast. This is very serious. I think, I think it's kind of. I don't agree with calling this film pornographic at all. No, be- I don't either. Because yeah, there's, I don't either. there's literally no penetration in this film. And I mean, th- Chris was looking for it.
2: And on <laughs> top of that, it's like there's really, there's really not that much nudity. The,
0: it's boobs. It's yeah. boobs. Like,
2: I mean, I mean, occasional shaw.
0: Wait, and it, hold on. They're animals. Yeah. They're cartoon. <laughs> yeah. which, they,
2: which they thought they were going to get around with uh, yeah. away with. But uh, apparently, the MPAA thought yeah. differently. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, going going back to this, the funny thing about this film, actually, before I even started really like kind of delving into like, like, like all of Poxy's films, yeah, uh, this was a film that my mom used to like like joke around about when I was a kid. Really? It's, yeah. Like it's a very weird thing where she would she would talk about like I'd be watching cartoons and like she'd be like yeah and then she would mention Fritz the cat. And I would, and as a kid, I didn't understand what the fuck that meant. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, like I knew Heathcliff. I knew uh, yeah. Garfield, you know? <laughs> I knew Felix the Cat. But for her to say this, and, and I remember her explaining the movie as being a porn, pornographic movie. It's like, it's like the same thing as, like, you know, Heathcliff, but, like, the animals have sex. Mm. And as a kid, I was just like, that's weird. But my mom used to think this fucking <laughs> film was hysterical because of that. Like, she thought that was a really funny thing to actually put... Uh, uh, animated characters and actually have them have sex. I think that's kind of like She thought it was a joke which I don't think this film really is but yeah.
1: I mean so that Cody I don't know if you were going to get to it but I'll just throw it out there like when was the first time you saw this film Mike?
2: The first time I saw this film I think I I watched it when I was like as soon as I was old enough to like actually maybe get a hold of it Mm -hmm. probably like 18, 19 because I remember my mom talking about it and I knew Wizards what are the two? I think that was the only that and Cool World and Lord of the Rings were the only boxy films I had ever seen. So I had I wanted to know what was, was the big deal all these years that my mom would joke around about this movie. <laughs> and when I saw it, I mean, I was just kind of like again, like I, even at age eighteen, I felt like it wasn't yeah didn't live up to the big hype of a fucking deal, right. I mean, I already seen Natural Born Killers. I didn't think that this was <laughs> right. a big... I mean, this is post-Tarantino, like Tarantino, so I didn't think that it was a big...
1: Do you also think that it being an animated film kind of like made you more accepting of what was going on in the film? Like, what if this was a live-action movie?
2: I still don't think it's that as bad. I still don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, because yeah. here's the funny thing. we we All four of us, we all just came back from watching Crispin Glover's What Is It? And a lot of the stuff... Uh, a lot of the stuff that I saw in this film kind of made me think about that film that we saw. Yeah. he deals with a lot of that's that same stuff. Like, Hey, let's just throw out like these racial stereotypes. Let's just throw them out there, throw them on a screen and just like get a conversation going. If you thought that film was like crazy, I I mean, I've seen so many films like that. I mean, Jordorowski does shit like that. Right. So by this time it's like, I don't, Right, I right. don't think it's that big of a deal, but I mean, what we can get into that.
3: Have you, that. Had, uh, Kyle, had you seen this before? No, never, never. I mean, if, I, I've heard of it. I know the name for it's the cat, but I've never actually uh, been able to find the movie to watch it. So, what about you, Chris? Yeah,
1: I saw it um, maybe ten years ago. We used to do like a movie night in that in the house I was living in with my roommates. And this film got chosen to watch on the projector. And uh, How, so...
3: Who had a copy? Yeah, who had a Dan, copy? Dan. Oh, ha-
1: had Dan had copy. Oh, of course Dan did. Co- <laughs> yeah, he, he bought a copy. Dan had a
2: copy of this on... DVD. DVD?
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um... So it was interesting because I had always heard, like, yeah, like what you were saying, like Mm -hmm. the, you know, the myth behind, like, what is this movie? And, like, you know, I can't believe they did that in 72. And, you know, it's animals and it's a cartoon, but it's full of sex and nudity and, like, drugs and all this stuff. And I was like, man, okay, I can't wait to see it. And I actually will say that I I was... um, impressed with what I got at the time like I wasn't you know you said you were you were kind of like and eh, it wasn't as bad as I thought and I was like man I think I got a little bit more out of it than what I thought
0: See, yeah I was like kind of like Mike in a way where I was introduced to this character at least at a very young age I remember I was very into drawing and art when I was younger and I remember going to the library actually coming across a book of uh, crumbs drawings and, and artwork and like not letting my parents know that I saw it because it was just like boobs and like everything else, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, what is all this?" But I came across the character then, not realizing that it was a movie, you know. And I and you know later I've heard in my life I've always heard rumblings of this film, but haven't seen it until just now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a long journey.
1: <laughs> just one, one of those <laughs> ones you it. waited, you know, for a while to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, because I don't know, I don't feel like it was. A, yeah, ever. Easily accessible to find this film anywhere. Right. Like, it's not like I ever saw it at a Hollywood video or
3: another video store. It's still not able to, uh, accessible. I mean, given the day and age we live, like, I don't understand why oh, it's mean, still I, not. I mean, is I, there, like, I, is... found,
0: I found it and watched it
3: illegally. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, why hasn't anybody done, like, some kind of a release on it? It seems like it's the well, kind of a film that deserves that's the it. That's thing that I don't quite understand about it, too,
2: because I feel like it is more. Uh, of of the boxy films that I know that people kind of know off the top of their head, like cult film fans, it's this one. Mm. You know, um, like you know, uh, obviously Wizards. You know, may- maybe Lord of the Rings, and then like maybe Cool World. If you you know, because a lot of people are old enough to remember when that film came out. Yeah. I although that, although yeah. a lot of people don't know that's a boxy film. I didn't. I did not I know that People think either. it's just some weird '90s send up to animation, like a post Roger Rabbit thing. Right. But, that's but no. That was like was. boxy's like last like official. Feature film that he did with the studio and Interesting. I mean as you know it was a disaster but um, uh, as far as the release thing is concerned films like Heavy Traffic and Coonskin are much more like like they're much more shocking and much more they deal with much more serious right shit. And those have Blu-ray releases,
3: <laughs> right? So, I just like, don't, so I'm, I'm very surprised the...
2: why this film is the one that they can't seem
1: to. I wonder who has the rights to this That's film. That's what I'm wondering. It's
3: if someone has it, and they're just not letting it go because of like the maybe maybe to like keep keep that allure thing. going and stuff. Yeah. But it's like I mean, shit. I feel like people would buy the fuck out of this movie. Because I, I think the first time I saw this film was on like
2: a Cinemax or something like that. Mm. Like it
3: was just on yeah, like that, a
2: TV that or would make something. Sense. And I can't remember how I came across it. But I found it You're on Cinemax
3: at night You're like Oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna get me some nudes And he's like Animated Skinemax I, I suppose
2: Maybe maybe it was uh, what <laughs> I mean IFC maybe Could have picked it up Maybe that was somebody That could have done this I don't know yeah. How oh, I got, going, got a hold of this yeah, yeah. Maybe
0: IFC Maybe something like that Maybe, maybe Turner, Turner, Turner Classic, classic movies. Movies. Yeah, yeah Well I mean Let's be honest I don't, I don't think this film <laughs> Not is... Skinemax No No I wasn't watching I that I don't think this film <laughs> Has the seedy
2: reputation That it did in the 70s No No one looks at it be, I, and, I think, and I think because
3: like, anymore. but at this point, to Chris, to, to all of your points, is like we're so desensitized. at This point, there's nothing really shocking well, about the film. I mean, the only thing that, that I thought was like, now I wouldn't even say shocking. I wouldn't say once this film that I was shocked. I was maybe a little like thrown off by by some of like the the racial tones and stuff like that, and some of the co- commentary in it. But like in terms of like the nudity and stuff, who gives a shit? It's fucking it that, animated animals. Didn't Bachi like come out and
0: say like? It doesn't deserve an X rating because, like, everything that we did in that film, like, the Simpsons have done. (laughs) Yeah, basically. He he did, he did, I mean,
2: I mean, I don't know if we're gonna go, when when we go through the history of this film and how it was, like, created and stuff like that, I mean, they definitely didn't agree with what was handed down to them. Yeah, Yeah, no, they did not whatsoever.
0: (laughs) You know, that being said, let's take a break, and then when we do come back, we'll talk more about Fritz the Cat, your fan pick. All the stuff to see and all the kicks... And all the girls are out there. And me, a writer
2: and a poet who should be having adventures and experience in all the diversities and paradoxes
3: and ironies of life and passing over all the roads of the world and digging all the cities and towns and, and rivers
0: and
2: oceans and making all of them shit.
0: Oh, God. All right, guys, we're back. We're talking about Fritz the Cat, your fan pick choice of the big vote. The big, big vote. <laughs> the big vote. The big yote of
2: 2017. Yote. Yote. The yotes.
0: <laughs> Lasers, phasers, <laughs> and tasers. So let's get into this movie a little bit. Um, uh, I guess a little bit of the background was this was, was this his first, was this Bocci's first feature?
2: It's his first feature,
0: yes. It's his first feature. Yeah. Um. He basically saw what was it Harry Crumb right? Is that his Ro- name? Robert Crumb? Robert Crumb, sorry. Yeah. Harry, Harry Crumb. Harry? Harry, Harry Crumb was played <laughs> by John Candy. <laughs> and he was Harry Crumb.
3: I mean, close, Always close, the facts you know, Right here on cult film in <laughs> review. Man. Who
1: is he? Who yeah, is, yeah. Who is yeah. Harry
3: Crumb? Right. That's what the, that's what the fans want to know. That's why they picked it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and basically, thought he had a similar style to him, or like wanted to tell a similar style of story, and then you know went after this as as, as far as making this into a, a feature film, uh, and then if you see from there, it just fell to shit.
3: Kind of, <laughs> kind of. Start, I thought the, this was like he wanted to make his own film, but he needed to do something more mainstream. Kind of, yeah. Yes. You're a little bit. It's kind of a little bit of both of this.
2: So basically, what happens is so Bakshi he had a whole career. Starting with like I think Terry Tunes and then he kind of like started building more renown and you know and and I think he ended it before he did this film he was doing the uh, 1966 Spider Man series okay like he was doing that and through the that cartoon?
3: yeah mm-hmm. no shit
2: yeah he did that he okay. did that he did Mighty Mouse he did a lot of other yeah. uh, things that y'all y'all might y'all might know um but um he was kind of getting sick of like the system the animation system because he didn't like seeing animation as being like a kid's genre yeah you know it's something that you grow out of so he kind of wanted to open up his own studio and he did and he wanted heavy traffic to be his first film which if anybody's seen that film it's a very personal film about his life growing up in new in brooklyn um being an animator and like the people that he lived with and grew up with he wanted to make that film but the guy that he was working with uh i can't remember his first name kurtz um the producer yeah Steve, was it Steve? Steve,
1: Yeah, I think. Steve, Steve Krantz. Kurtz, Steve Krantz, Krantz sorry. Yeah.
2: Steve Krantz, like, he, he, they, he knew that he was like, look, there's no fucking way that any studio for your first feature is going to approve this, like a personal thing about yeah. the streets of Brooklyn as an animated picture. He's like, we got to go with something else. So he was walking down the street. He came across uh, Fritz the Cat comic book, and he said, like, this is the kind of, kind of counterculture thing that I want to... Tackle, and I think it's something that that a studio might sign off on because Robert Crumb had had some renown as an underground comic book
0: right. artist. Yeah. yeah,
2: so um, he brought that to them. They they okayed it, and that was with that's War- kind of when the disasters. Started that was with
0: happening. Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. So they okayed it with Warner Brothers, but then how he got the rights to the film was through Crumb's wife.
2: Yeah, there was some contention about how it was actually done. Basically, what happened is, is that Kranz had it, had said, okay, well, we gotta get the rights from from Robert Crumb. So, uh, Bakshi met him in a bar or something like that, and they talked about it. They exchanged some of their drawings. Um, Crumb gave him, like, a notebook.
0: Yeah, a sketchbook, I believe. Of,
2: of his work, and he said, sure, yeah, and they, he liked, they liked each other right off the bat at first, right? But for some reason, whatever their reason might be, Crumb was not cool with signing away the rights that quickly, they started getting kind of frustrated with the situation and Bakshi went and stayed with him for like a whole week wherever he was. I think, I don't know if it was California or something like that. Anyways, um, he stayed with him the whole week and um, Crumb would not give him the rights to this film. Like, and but he was being vague about it. Like, he never actually said no, but he just never said yes. So, and then he ended up leaving Bakshi gives up, goes back to goes back to Kranz. Kranz is like, "We have the rights." He's like, "How the hell did we get the rights?" And he said, "Well, turns out his wife, I think Dora is her name, um, has power of attorney over Crumb's like whole thing." Right. So he said, "All I had to do was ask her, and she gave, she signed away the rights, and they gave." Robert Crumb, I think something like fifty thousand dollars, and then some kind of back end deal or something like that, which is actually not a bad deal. Yeah, it was a
0: five percent back deal.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a bad deal, but Crumb was pretty fucking pissed about it. And was yeah. And they had a falling out. Um, you know, uh, you know, and it's it's. I mean, if you read any books about the situation and how it it went down, I I don't want to. I don't think we should take any sides on the matter. I mean, it seems to be like it was a feud between these two people. Um. There were bad things said on Bakshi's end. There were bad things said on, on Crumb's end. Who knows who's right, who's wrong? If you look at it from both sides, I've always looked at it as like, yeah, I can see how both of these people could be angry, you know, but well, I mean, in the end, this movie gets made. Bakshi
1: so. wrote this film. He certainly did. He wrote this film, and I think maybe the, the like a big part of the problem was um, he took a character that somebody else created, Robert Crumb, and it wasn't, it wasn't put uh, used in a way that Robert Crumb would have done this character. Oh, I agree. It's not how he would have written the character. It's not the like artistic choices that he would have made. So Crumb probably just got pissed and was like, I don't really like the way you represented my character, and Bakshi was like well, whatever. Like I kind of told you what we were doing up front, you know. And and according to Bakshi, I think he said Crumb is kind of a flip flopper. He, he well, one one day he he's good with things, the next day he's not, you know. So who knows who's you know? Yeah, that's what in I'm saying. Right it doesn't wrong, really like.
2: matter. I mean, what, what's funny about it is at the end of this whole this whole whole scenario, like the film comes out, it does really well. Crumb gets really pissed off. He gets so pissed off that he kills the character in his own comic book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like this weird way, where it's like these these Hollywood execs down a uh, down a down a hallway, or they're in a doorway, or something like that, and then some ex girlfriend that Fritz had fucked over just stabs him in the back of the head with an ice pick, and he just dies. <laughs> and he was just like, and it was like his big fuck you to like corporatism and like right. the
1: which Hollywood is, which system. Which is weird that supposedly because the, the
0: Hollywood mm. system dropped this film very quickly.
1: Yeah, they pulled like, funding real fast, real
0: fast, and he had to go to like several different av- avenues to get funding for this film. So it's kind of weird that, that that's the way that he would kill. Yeah, the character. but
1: I
3: mean, ultimately, it did fall into the Hollywood system because it became this huge over this this huge success. It so came, I'm sure it still irked him. You it know? became a huge success, in my
0: opinion, despite the the Hollywood despite Hollywood because the biggest thing about this film's at least success in in my opinion was the marketing and the marketing used the X rating to its advantage where it was like this film is X rated I don't uh, I don't know I don't want to say it's despite it because we're thinking in terms of like
2: our our understanding of how the Hollywood system works yeah which is pretty good in the (laughs) seventies. Well, I mean, in the seventies, like Chris, this, Chris works this kind of stuff, like midnight movies and midnight Cold films. Like they would have these huge heads. Like Last House on the Left is another film that had a really hard time getting through the MPAA, and then they just fucking owned that shit, and they started putting it on their
0: posters. Like when you
2: see this film, it's going to make you. You're going to throw up in a bag yeah. and fucking. Yeah. No, well,
0: that's because you know it's, it's a just it's just a movie, yeah. and like it's the gimmick marketing that works though, because yeah. they did the same thing. Like the most recent thing that I can think of is that fuck. What's that ghost movie? That they done nine of now. What? Paranormal activity? Paranormal activity is uh, like the most recent that I can think of that kind of marketing style where it's like. But I think you people know. are more hip to it now. Like, No, it was like what? That wasn't even five years ago, six yeah, years ago. Yeah, people thought that shit was real. People thought paranormal activity was real? Yes. Like after
3: Blair Witch? Yes. yes. I thought uh, people
2: were out, like. I'm well, there's sorry. always well, going to be a new generation. Well, result. I mean, I mean <laughs> no,
3: we were just talking about this earlier because we were talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, so many people thought the the remake with Jessica Beale was real. Yeah. I had conversations with people who were like, no, the footage at the beginning, that was real footage of like the that cops going through the is house. Absurd. And I'm like, okay. are you fucking nuts? Like, that's a
1: <laughs> fucking movie. It's a that's movie. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's true. But this anyways, was, I mean, this was 72. Yeah. Gimmicks worked. I yeah. mean, you yeah, know. They
2: certainly did. It was a different marketing. Yeah like environment i think
0: back
1: then and exploiting it in a way that's like the movie that you're not supposed to see you know right. what i mean like ooh who's not going to want to go see that like what, what am i going to miss out on
0: exactly and i think that the thing that was actually fomo good about this movie <laughs> the thing that was actually good about this movie is, is it's actually a lot smarter than i think the marketing led on to be because the marketing led on that it's like an x-rated pornographic film mm-hmm. which is what people i think went to go see and then you get a f- when you get there you watch uh, basically a social commentary with cats. Well Well all animals. Well, yeah. It, 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 to some extent. What do you mean, like
2: There there are there are there I feel I feel like this is there's the social commentary is peppered into this Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as it's not as heavy as his later films, but I feel like he might be, might have. I mean, I don't know. I'm He's not. touching topics I'm not that were Bocci, hot but, button topics
3: yeah. at
1: the time. I think
2: certainly, but yeah. you could tell with this film, there was like a there was like a I it think
3: jumps he, back he, and forth. Yeah, but I feel like probably. he touched it the does, he touched yeah. the topics with almost like a, a a little bit of like mockery and a little bit of like totally. hyper hyper realism to it. Yeah, yeah. What I guess what I'm trying
2: to say is that it kind of goes back and forth from being a big joke, and then it goes back to being. Like then all of a sudden it's it's like a big monologue where Fritz is talking about philosophy students and how they think they fucking know everything and what like I feel like Bakshi's voice just dips in and out of this film. Mm -hmm. Like there's things where you know he's speaking and then the rest is just some of the like just like okay, we'll do this fucking thing where it's like a I think it's where he jumps back into like Crumb's
0: character. Yeah. You know, that's where he jumps back into Crumb's character and then he'll jump out of it and give it his own. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Might I don't know. It might have just know. been like an... Ex- I think it was just like... Um I wouldn't put it past box to just want to touch topics that would be controversial like oh, either would I. drugs and politics and you know all these things and I'm sure he had some things to say about what was going on at the time which he, like you said Mike he does pepper in there yeah. and you do get these like grand monologues and like these you know like Fritz is trying to make points on certain things and you know but like at the same time it's just almost experimental at the same mm-hmm. time like like what can I put on screen that's going to get people riled up
0: L- mm. let me ask you this question what do you Guys, what do you guys think that makes this film so memorable for people though like that's that it has ha- what are people latching on with fritz the cat mm. is
3: it is it the boobs is it the message
0: i I don't
3: know I, th- I would say it's like is I, it the I, animals? I, if I had if I had just like if I just had to throw gas out there I honestly would say it's it's probably like an even split down a lot of things because you ask, you ask one person, yeah, they're probably going to be like, oh, yeah, it's 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 pornographic. It's, you know, it's this X-rated film, and that's all they're going to really see when they watch it. But someone else is going to watch it and say, well, there's a lot of, like, social commentary that's going on, and that's pretty memorable, and the way that it was presented was very unique and interesting. So I, I think it would really be, like, an even split. I mean, for me, it's for me, it's probably it, – it probably has way more to do with, like, just kind of the commentary – and the viewpoints that are presented to it, because, I mean, I, di- I wasn't alive back then, but it was really it, it was really interesting to say what they were saying in such an extreme and fantastical way with animals, but still be s- pretty impactful at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, that th- is great storytelling in this movie.
1: Yeah, I would say for me, it's, it is definitely, like, the visual aspect, like, the, th- the, the, the controversial things that they're, like, saying and putting on screen, but there is one thing that... Um, I, I kind of didn't realize the first time I watched it, but I, um, but I read up on it and kind of realized how they did it the dialogue that they're speaking is, is like documentary style dialogue. It's actual dialogue that was recorded in these locations. It's not really scripted. It's, yeah. it's it's, 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 he went into a bar and he recorded, you know, people actually having a conversation. He actually used a recording of his, you know, father and his grandfather, you know, when they go into the, um, they go into the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an actual real conversation that his father and grandfather are having. Um, like, and I always knew that it seemed kind of weird. I'm like, this conversation sounds so natural. Like, yeah. like they're kind of crossing over each other when they talk, and yeah. it doesn't sound like rehearsed That's like really, dialogue. Yeah.
3: That's super fucking cool. I didn't realize yeah. that at all. Like, I, I I noticed I noticed that like the the dialogue feeling really natural, and when they're in the in the crowbar, because like crowbar all their yeah. all their conversations that are happening are just like it just sounded so I don't know just just yeah. unscripted, original, and and like really refreshing. It is
2: they. Well, so basically, what they did. Uh, it, w- it was uh, Bakshi and I can't remember who else. Uh, they went out and basically what they were trying to do was okay. So they, so what they did was they would they would take thirty five millimeter shots like stills of um, New York City, right bars, whatever they were trying to use, and then they would have somebody uh, essentially trace over them in a way. They right. would use like these pens that would kind of just darken the areas, and they would animate over them. It's kind of like rotoscoping a little bit, but yeah. not exactly. Um, as they were doing this what they would do is like if they saw a bar that they would like they would just walk into it and what they would do is they would just buy whoever the the bar people were or whoever was in there or whoever the customers were they would just get them drunk mm-hmm. and then they would turn on their recorder yep. and just record the dialogue and they'd say we'll find a way to fucking animate this and like, they,
1: they even went as far as to record like the sounds of New York City mm-hmm, like walking right, around yeah. and just recording you know real chatter in the background that was going on you know and putting that in the film and like you know you don't realize it at first but once you really dig into it you're like it does have a very realistic mm-hmm. feel which to was, it which
0: was i think part of uh, was 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 Boshi's point was like he wanted to uh, make <clears throat> these animated animals actually as real and uh, as possible and not be animalistic
3: right you know which i think was I think, lot- I think helped the movie a lot because like honestly it- because the because these conversations feel so real, like I mean, halfway through the film, I kind of forgot I'm watching animated. I'm watching animals. You know what I mean? Like, like I I, I separated those two things. Did anybody else like when you're watching? I, I feel it? like yeah. until the end. Yes and no. I feel like Bakshi, with
2: the animal thing. Like it. it I think that a lot of this has to do with it's. A, it's a big fuck you to like. Disney. Animation places like Disney and stuff yeah, like absolutely. that. You know, I mean, come There on. are things like that are that that one would look at and be like, "Well, that's a really shocking thing." I mean, all the black people are crows. That's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, but, yeah. but it was something that Disney had been getting away with for years and years right. and years. Yeah. I mean, they had characters that were generally just like like in blackface running around, and it w- and they were always like the like generally looked down upon in those in those in those animations. And I feel like Boxy kind of was just like, "Well, fuck that! I'm going to own this." But I'm not going to make these characters like the dunces of the fucking show. I mean, right. We're not going to talk down about them. We're going to talk about their their
0: life here and we're going to do mm. this. But it is a big fuck you to like traditional oh, animation He takes a shot at, 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 right. at Disney when the uh, Air Force comes in and firebombs the city. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, you have the silhouette of like Mickey, Minnie and I yeah, think Donald yeah, yeah. Duck cheering on the Air Force as they're right, bombing yep. the city. <laughs> right. So, And I believe there's another Disney reference in there too if I'm not mistaken.
1: There's a few. I um, mean, yeah. I think I read there was like a Something from Dumbo, or uh, was it Dumbo? There's a Dumbo yeah.
2: thing, but yeah. I can't remember what it is.
1: But yeah, I, I, and I also think that he felt he could get away with a lot of the stuff he was doing by using the animals. Like, Oh yeah. They, it would make they, it more innocent. They definitely right. thought they were going to get through
2: the MPAA. That was the argument they made when they, like, hey, we, we they submitted it as an R-rated movie, and they were like, "No, this is an X." And they were like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we don't show any nudity. It's just animation." And on top of that, it's not even human animation. It's fucking animals. Mm. And they were like, "Same thing." And they're like, "That's bullshit." And they got right. they got a, they got a little off. From
0: like a from it. a writing standpoint, do you think that the character of Fritz the cat has any growth as a character? This is
3: mm. ooh, that's a good that's a really good question. I, um, this is kind of where the ending. The, does you know come what? In this a this bit. is the thing. Like. Uh, I thought he did at the, in the last 15 minutes when he decides, when he decides against bombing, Mm -hmm. but then that last three minutes when he's in the hospital bed, like dead. And then also he just basically goes right back into, it's like
1: full circle, full
3: circle. He goes right back into the way he was at the beginning, which is like, which was, you know, saying all this bullshit, fucking philosophical crap just to get into these chicks pants. And he just starts it over again. And it's like, he he didn't fucking learn a goddamn thing through his journey.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the The only
3: thing. The only thing that is like true of any this is like at the beginning of the movie when he's saying these things like I've traveled the world, I've seen things. It's all bullshit, but at least at the end there's some truth behind it because yeah, he kind of did travel around, he did kind of experience a bunch of different life, but you're still a fucking idiot because you didn't. You're just doing your same thing over again, so he didn't learn. Do you
0: think that was the point, though? I mean, or do do you think
3: that like like that's
0: what basically Bachi was trying to say about youth culture at the time? Or
3: do you think? Yeah, I think
2: that.
0: Boxy likes to use a lot of irony. I, I think he likes to show
2: the hypocrisy thing, which is goes back yeah. to like why the whole you know the crows are black and everything. It, it, it show it's it's throwing it into Disney's face and saying like fuck you like I we know what you're doing here right. like, you know what I mean yeah. like don't try to get away with it. Um, I think that's the same thing. I think I've always looked at Fritz the cat as being that type of character, mm-hmm. as being. Um, at one moment he's spouting all of this bullshit about how he's you know he's down with the cause and all this yeah. shit and you know but he's really using it to get in people's pants or girls pants and i think the the best scene is that the the pool scene with the crow right where he's
3: talking about well,
2: hey man i understand the cause like i'm a cat like it's really difficult and he's like what the fuck are you? you don't understand That scene was annoying the
3: shit out of me. he's like come on dude yeah. what the fuck
2: are you talking about and i think that really kind of shows like the hypocrisy of kind of like well, you know. they
1: even display that, that 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 same kind of attitude at the beginning with the three girls, yeah. you know, that like when they're when they're all circling around the crow and they're like, "Man, yeah, I really dig black, you know, black guys or whatever and this and that and they're talking about like you know, like acting like they understand like what's going on, and he's like, "Man, I'm not at all about that," and he like walks away. Like he just you can't know? even be bothered. Yeah, because he's, he's just like, Get like, "I'm not going fucking like, people yeah. tell me about how horrible it is for exactly. me. Exactly, like, it's kind of
2: ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's something that he he tries to express throughout the film, and I think Fritz
0: is kind of that character a little bit. Well, Fritz is definitely like I th- I, I like I I definitely think he's saying something about the college student. Uh, yeah, in the in the in the '60s, or I mean, I feel like it almost translates to like throughout time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, I mean, kids are
0: look like you know I understand. I,
2: mean? like, I understand. You know, kids go to college; they have limited experiences in life, and you know, they get they latch on to things, and you know. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, you know, when you're a kid, like, you might get super into something, and then you, like, read every book on it, and you do this stuff. and you. But you're really only regurgitating it because right. you're never really actually living it. Yes. And I think that that's something, like, if you look at Bakshi's history, this guy came from, like, the shittiest area in Brooklyn. And he grew up in a predominantly black, Italian, and Jewish neighborhood where people were getting killed every day. You know, like, people were dying, and, like, people, like, there was, it, the conditions were bad. So, I think he was kind of saying, like, these kids don't fucking understand. Yeah. They might say they're down with, you know, trying to make our lives better, you know, but they don't really understand. Well, even him saying a little bit to even himself, maybe, like, even I'm, I'm not black. Like, I don't understand it. Right. Like Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And
0: I even think that he's point- making a point, with, especially with Frizz's character, too, is when the shit hits the fan, how quick... Its character gets out of whatever that situation is right. or tries to get away from whatever that situation yeah. is, mm-hmm. too. Like, where it's like, it's like, okay, you're saying you stand up for this belief, this belief, this belief, but when shit fucking hits the fan, you're the first one gone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I think that's, uh, he's saying a lot with that character. But then, yeah, and then uh, uh, t- for me, though, it, when it gets to the end of the film, where it's like like, you said the last three minutes where he's like, he's in this hospital bed and he's making this speech and then like fucking out of nowhere just wakes up and starts banging people. Right. It kind of throws everything out the window in my opinion as far as like, did you, yeah. you didn't learn a lesson. But then I wonder if that's the point. Like, you these people don't ever learn the lesson. Maybe is the point. I don't. I don't <laughs> I, know. I'm,
1: I see Fritz as like almost like a vessel to like take the audience uh, through all these things. Through like he's an ambitious character. He he wants to do all these things and go all these places and learn all this stuff and meet all these people and stand up for something. You know what I mean. And then by the end of it, like you know, he just realizes that he is who he is. You know, or maybe he's just yeah. still immature, like he hasn't really grown. He's, you know, he's still just he, a young he, I college mean, I kid. Mean,
3: I mean, he definitely, he definitely never grows because I, the, the simple fact is like, you know, he goes through this whole, this whole monologue about mocking all of these philosophy majors and these college students who are studying philosophy and he's like, I just need to be on the road and experience life. And he's just regurgitating shit from, um, was that, uh kerouac yeah it's like yeah. it's like he's just regurgitating kind of that that kerouac thing you know yeah. it's like he learned about you know these these poets and these writers who traveled the lands and learned about all this shit and that's all he's doing he's just trying to regurgitate what he is studying so he never learns fuck all in this movie it, at it,
2: all. it's actually funny that you even say regurgitating because one of robert crumb's like biggest i think qualms about this film was that he just absolutely hijacks uh the beatles best uh line that they ever wrote was like your love is equal to the love you you know the love you make is equal to the love you take I I caught that I was like god damn it now but going back to 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 Fritz personally I I kind of think Fritz is just like an observer in this film Mm. that's what I was trying to say I noticed he does this in heavy traffic a little bit too where like you get the idea that like obviously the the main character in that film is supposed to be Bakshi because it kind of like it takes place in his town and it's humans it's not obviously you know bunnies and rabbits and shit but that film has the same kind of attitude of like, it's more like Fritz goes to Harlem, Fritz goes to the synagogue, Fritz goes here, like Fritz goes to an orgy. Like, it's not really, he's not driving any of the plot, right. really. It's just he kind of shows up, he interacts with it very, very, li- very little, but that little tiny interaction is enough to kind of cause mm, like a, a big a, thing. I mean, his sex scene with Bertha is, is, I mean, that's the real pivotal moment where things really shift for him is mm-hmm. where, you know, he goes in there, gets super high, has sex with um, uh, Bertha, who is this, you know, who's a, a, a black woman, uh, well, a crow, in this, obviously, in this scenario. And um, mid having sex, he decides that he wants to start a revolution in Harlem it's and like start an a epiphany. riot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he incites a riot where everybody dies. And then he fucking cowardly fucking hides away, and he, like, runs through the whole thing, and he yeah, gets, tries town. to get away, away from it as quickly as possible. And what does
1: he do? He, like, tries to hitchhike to San Francisco or something? No, he goes with his girlfriend. Yeah, his yeah. girlfriend, well, Where did one she come girlfriend. from, by, by the way? She's one
2: of the three girls, I, no, as I understand. I don't think so. Wasn't no. one she is of the three because girls? one of
3: the th- those three showed up, and she looked nothing like that anymore. And I, I, I think was she's a different animal. she was
2: kind of, but, yeah, yeah, she does come out of nowhere. Yeah. But... Again, it's, what read, it's, it's not his idea girlfriend. to move, go anywhere. It's her idea to like fucking like let's yeah. get out of right. here. And he again is just going along with the ride. And then next thing you know, he's fucking on the back of a, uh, ch- a neo-Nazi's her- yeah. fucking well, chopper. Her- and, heroin addicts. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted
1: to ask about that because that for me that's that whole segment is like it really stands out to me and. I don't really know what the significance of, of the rabbit being like a Nazi is and a heroin addict and how the Yeah, know. I couldn't. So put that, that was that, so that was that was one of Crumb's
0: complaints too, was that whole thing because that was that was all but that's all that's all bocci. That's Oh, I believe that. Yeah, Do you think
1: a, he just wanted to put some like weird ba- it, no, shit said, in like, there? Like, Bace
0: wanted to put something more real and like, yeah, basically harder into the film than what I think crumb would ever came close to, honestly. Well, I feel like it is... I do feel like it's the one part of the movie, too, that fits the least. It doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. That It is a weird scene.
2: It just jumps into it, and then... You know, wh- what's her name? The horse? Harriet. Harriet the horse. Like, you know, it, it is like... At first, I thought it was going to be completely separate. Like, I was wondering how these things were even going to... Connect. Kind of connect. Um, but um, they eventually do. But even in that aspect... It's a weak connection. It's, it, it almost seemed like he tried to throw... He was like, I gotta have an ending to this.
0: Yeah, let's go... Let's maybe like, might let's go.
2: make Fritz look like a good guy to some extent. And I feel like the way he introduces it is like it, it is this completely separate scenario that's happening in a desert mm-hmm. where it's this heroin addict with this girl mm-hmm. who happens to hold heroin. Who has heroin. And that's the only reason it seems like this, well, this weird right. racist biker is with her. Right. And then... it they end up meeting up with Fritz and then
1: why I think it does to this
2: weird dank dungeon where gang rape happens.
1: Let's just say it. A gang rape. Oh, happens. Well,
2: yeah, it certainly does. <laughs> why so I think it happen? does
1: connect to the story though is because, um, you know, Fritz is slowly building up to being a part of this rebellion, you know, that's sort right. of like where, what he's gearing up to be like a, a, as his growth, right. you know, proceed, like goes through the film and like, he gets himself involved in a situation where, okay, now you really are part of this, like, dangerous, violent rebellion. No, he falls
0: into it. But
2: but the odd thing about it is that they're very separate rebellions. Like, there's no indication that his experiences in Harlem and that rebellion that he incites is in any way, should be any way connected with these, what essentially are, what appears to be white supremacists. Yep in some kind of like even darker version of them as what, like Lee's lizards. I'm trying to th- th- with those two things it almost seems like I maybe boxy is trying to say that like Fritz again is like a total fucking hypocrite that will just join on to any stupid that's fucking r- rebellion. Right,
1: right and I agree. I think that is true. I think that's they're trying to take you from like one extreme to the other or or solely build into the most extreme that you could go. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like put like basically put him through the ringer but i don't know again you know with the ending i don't know that he learned anything from that experience he he appears to when he climbs on top of the the power plant or whatever and he's putting the dynamite in there and he has this another epiphany like wait no like the love you yeah what you said like the love you give is the love you get you know and he tries to like avoid blowing it up but you know, the damage has already been done. So, like, I don't know. But I, I think it was maybe just like he wanted to go to the most extreme or the most extreme thing that he could think of at the time.
0: But then do you think there's some significance to Harriet showing him back up at the end? What do you mean? As a nun? Like no, why would she, why would she show back up? Because I mean, he it's not like he's he really he really stands up for he her. He
2: barely stands he up. Barely for her. stands up for her. He really does. Her. I mean it, it I mean he knows it's wrong. Yeah. And it's, I think this is why it's the most difficult scene to watch in this film, is because it's the only moment where like, fucking like Fritz actually stands up for anything, and it kind of really brings it into the serious mode. Right? Like you, I mean, let's let's be honest. Fritz is not far off a rapist himself. He dupes a bunch of girls to go to a party, and then they have a giant orgy. He gets them drunk. I mean, he'll do anything. He'll he'll do anything to get into a girl's pants. Like that that's a fact. So he's he's you know he's not a fucking saint by any means, but like what happens to that to Harriet? There's that weird moment where like Fritz finally actually says like, "Hey guys, we gotta this is fucking like stop touching her, you know, stop hurting her. You're hurting this person." Yeah. And then all of a sudden it becomes a real thing because even like like death in this movie. I mean that and the death of Crow, the the one Crow that he yeah. that takes him into Harlem. Duke is it? I, yeah, it is, is Duke. It Duke. It is Duke. Um. Those are probably the most serious, but even his death is kind of like it it's pretty humorous. Like they make it like it's a big kind of a joke. I mean, there's a really psychedelic awesome fucking way that he dies, which is those pool balls falling yeah, into was those. Was, holes, his, yeah, with which his is heartbeat. like his heartbeat. I thought that's really great. But um those are like the, the only two things that really kind of like push you right into reality where you're yeah. thinking maybe yeah, this is more than just a big joke. I agree. And um, I I definitely had a hard time watching that scene.
0: Yeah, because he and he 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 basically has like a little speech with her after the whole chain beating. Right. Yeah. Um. And it's and it's more or less like, eh. It's not like it's really weird. He doesn't really make a stand on either side. I feel he like he never does. Even when he's on the girder and he's taking the bomb there. Yeah.
2: He's sitting there acknowledging, like, I don't even know why I'm fucking doing this. I don't even, this is fucking stupid. I don't even know why. Like, then stop doing it. But, like, that, I feel like that's Fritz's character throughout this entire film is that he just kind of, he creates these scenarios for himself and he goes into these flights of fancy where he decides he wants to be, like, a social do-gooder. But in reality, like, it's really for his own gain. And then he gets caught up in a scenario where it's gone too far. And even then he can't stop. Even then he's still fucking dragging that fucking bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah I,
3: I think I think that's kind of like that was kind of the point I was I was trying to make earlier is that like he gets in these situations but the only the only reason he gets into them is because he thinks as a writer or as a poet that's what he's supposed to be doing but once he gets there he has no fucking idea why he's there or how to get out of it or how to even react within it so he's just he's just doing these things because it's things that other people have done and he thinks this is what I'm supposed to do to be a successful writer or be somebody who is who is experienced in life you right know? yeah i agree
0: that being said let's take a break and when we come back we'll talk more about fritz the cat revolt revolt,
2: revolt you thick skull idiots you have carried heavy burdens for the bosses you have sweat your lives away for the bosses the bosses they ride around in limousines get the fuck off my the bosses car! they're eating strawberries and cream <laughs> that
0: funny cat's a real boss
3: <laughs> alright what's going on here break it up
2: cool it officer you just blowing hot air no one's paying no mind come the revolution there gonna be no more limousines come the revolution there gonna be no more strawberries and cream see
0: and we're back Talking about- and we're back just wanna come in with all that energy <laughs> that's what I wanna do I came in double time <laughs> yeah we're talking about I have Fritz.
3: fucking typos. That ate shit. That
2: microphone, his new microphone, that's like yeah, fucking a pound, like two sh- pounds. I gotta show this new microphone off. Gotta, look huge. at this, it's like gripping this I thing.
0: I have, <laughs> I have. Look at him, just look at him grip
1: that mic, Jesus. Chris. Just look at it's it. like he's
2: like I know, I know people out there don't know, but it's like he's gripping a, a
0: fucking coke can.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how big that microphone is. One of the things that you want to uh, we can talk about? I think is the animation. I think you get it's weird. Because I watched this, and I don't necessarily pick up Crumb. I pick up Bocce. Oh, of course you do.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he definitely really... tried to mimic his style. Yeah. Uh, I think most with Harriet. Yes. All the boxy's uh, I'm sorry, not boxy, but Crumb's women are very, like. Curvy? Like, very, very, like, strong, like, big legs and, like, big bodies and, like, rippling muscles. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of feel like Harriet was a good. Uh, Powerful. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, like. They're real big. They're just big, strong people.
0: But I mean, you get uh, like I think it's the scenes of like like we was talking about the pool ball, the mm-hmm. pool ball scenes of of the heartbeat. I think that's very like bocce. And even like when the toilet
2: mm-hmm.
0: breaks and stuff like that, that kind of gets like trippy and psychedelic a little bit. And that's definitely bocce style.
2: Definitely, I I did read something about. um like particularly with the style of this film he wanted to stick to like a color palette which was i think purple reds and blues or no r- purple reds and greens so like if you look at the if you look at any frame it's weird it's like there are like a mass of colors that look realistic and then as it goes out towards the fringe areas of the frame it almost like it kind of descends into like these weird dusty kind of like purples Huh. Right? It almost looks like you're looking like an old photograph, a little bit. Right? And he mm-hmm. called it, what do you call it? An oil, oil can style. Okay. Like it was like a, this like amalgamation of like colors that kind of came in. And he wanted it to look gritty and dirty. He wanted like the streets to look dirty. Yeah. Oh, dude, he exactly. wanted everything oh, to look exactly. like it has a film. You're talking, on about, it.
3: talking about like when like water and oil mix, you get that kind of weird yeah. rainbow effect yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that's yep.
0: what he obviously must have been talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it, it's weird. It, like, I mean, it's also too, like, I, I know we did, we did heavy metal not that long ago too. And it's like, I definitely see the influence that this film had on movies like that and especially animation style mm-hmm. and, and it's it's very reminiscent now actually after watching this I'm like you guys kind of stole a lot from bocce, I feel like
3: Who? I don't know if I would say I that because oh. heavy metal's been around for for a long oh. time and heavy metal is completely comprised of Totally different animators with all all I, who have completely no, unique styles. I agree, so. I, I agree, but I mean, I wouldn't say someone stole something.
0: The great, I mean, like the, like, the no, I would say like they're definitely in, not not stole, but influenced. Definitely, especially by the cityscapes. That's, a way, that, that's Fritz, a way better word. To I use, think Fritz the cat influenced,
1: <laughs> made it okay for something like heavy metal. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And because I, I mean, you even can't saying, like, really like
0: cityscapes and stuff like that in the way that that like is, I feel like portrayed. the first scene in, in heavy
2: metal, the the cabbie scene. Yeah. Um, that has a really, like, that has, like, a heavy traffic feel to it. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, like, I don't even think that fucking Fire and Ice was even out at that time, but the whole, what is his name, Orek, <laughs> as he called him on the episode, the fucking uh, Barbarian, the Frazetta scene of uh, oh, yeah. heavy metal. Um, That feels a lot like... Orek. Oh, Orek. I don't know. Orek. I, I still can't remember <laughs> this fucking guy's name. But um, that has a real, like, you know, it, that whole Frazetta style, which, I mean, Box G eventually does... A Fire and Ice, which is, I mean, it's a boring film, but whatever.
0: <laughs> what do you say we rate this, Mammer Jammer?
1: Yeah. Yeah? Oh,
2: I'm ready. What are we rating it? Uh, I think we're going to rate it uh, X ratings. They don't exist. Let's bring them back. Why not? Let's bring them Let's back. Let's bring five of them, maybe, yeah, or three, or two, or one. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know where you guys are at. <laughs> right, I don't know where you guys are at. I will go first. Uh, I think it's no surprise to anyone that I'm, i i am I really haven't rated an animated film on this podcast. Very well, um, I hadn't really found one that I've absolutely uh, liked a lot until I watched Fritz the Cat actually. It's my first time watching this movie. Um, I was laughing and I was thinking the whole time, which I thought was great because it made me do both. Um,
1: <laughs> th- no, w-
0: most of the time it's was uh, one- a joke there, but I-, I was gonna leave it alone. Uh, thank you because <laughs> it's most of the time it's one or the other where I'm just like fucking groaning. Uh I will give this a solid four. This gets a four X ratings for me. Um I, I, I recommend if you have not seen this film, try to track it down and watch it. It's 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 really good.
1: Four. All right.
0: Uh let's go with Chris next.
1: I'm gonna give this a four as well. Um I liked this film the first time I saw it and I liked it again this time. Um I it's I haven't seen all of Bakshi's films, but I would say out of the ones I've seen, this is my favorite Same so here. far. Um I really enjoy the controversial aspects of this film. I enjoy the comedy of this film. Um, I think the film goes by really fast, uh, and it does make me laugh out loud. Um, for an animated film... Wait, it, you LOL'd? I LOL'd, dude. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, I I, I I like that it, it kind of pushes the boundaries, and I think if you're into seeing an animated film that might do that for you... Um, you know, you might gain something from this, so uh, I'm gonna give it four X ratings.
3: Kyle, um, you know, I was actually gonna go with four with you guys, like when I first came into it and sat down. But honestly, this conversation that we've had has pushed it up to a five because after hearing all the history and all the stuff, I actually want to watch this movie again, and I think that's a that's a pretty powerful statement. Um, this this was getting five X ratings for me. Um, I really enjoyed the animation style, like the grittiness of it. I really enjoyed the the blend of humor, the social commentary, and the the, uh, the adult themes of it that are in it. I think that I think this film is a great example of wonderful storytelling, and um, you know it, it it leaves you questioning and asking questions, and then that's always a sign of a wonderful film. So five from me, five from Kyle. Let's go to Mike. Wow so uh,
2: yeah, I'm gonna give it a three I'm surprised <laughs> um look, uh, like don't get me wrong i i you know, I like this film i i and maybe my my uh review might be a little biased compared to the, the fact that I've seen other films maybe more of his library than maybe some of you i'm not I'm not hundred percent sure if, if that's true or not, but um you know fritz the cat like it's his first it's his first feature, and it kind of shows like. You know, in terms of like his 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 other works, um, it's it's just not as good. Um, uh, the message that he tries to portray through it, it's it, it doesn't it gets lost a lot. Like it, it almost feels like a film that really is trying to toe the line between social commentary and just kind of like, I hate to say schlockiness, but it is like it has a trauma esque attitude to it that kind of like descends into like, are you really even saying anything or is this just for shock value? Um, it does that a little bit and it kind of goes back and forth between those two i don't hate that i just think that his later films really kind of like re- rein that in and he really and you really gets to let loose on like what he's trying to say um now in terms of like the social commentary i'm actually really surprised I'm, I'm not surprised i'm actually kind of interested that you guys actually that it actually did have an impact because um you know i, I i've always kind of felt about this film that it is somewhat of a product of its time and that addressing social commentary in this way is not, it's kind of fallen out of favor. It's not a way that you probably would or should maybe even anymore. Maybe it was cool in the seventies, but maybe not now, but seeing that you guys have all kind of said, like it's, it's, it's kind of sparked a conversation in your heads or it sparked you guys to think about it. You know, maybe I have to look back on that a little bit. You know, I really did think that, you know, this kind of style of filmmaking is, kind of archaic but hey maybe I'm wrong on that um the fact that you guys all liked this and gave it great reviews I would I would I'm 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 happy that you guys have done that because it kind of makes me feel like you should I know Wizards wasn't maybe the best introduction to his <laughs> library and maybe maybe I should have went with something like this because now it kind of opens up that you guys might see some of his other works which I think are a little bit better um if this you know if this got a 4 I feel like it would definitely get a 5 with some of you guys I mean it's it's uh it's, I, a good, it's a good film. I'm not saying I don't like the film. I'm just saying no, that no. in the in the grand scheme, I, of I things. just want to say
0: with your 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 point of like uh, it being a little bit archaic. I almost feel like. That's what people need now as far as... I was going to as... jump
1: on that and say... I was going to say I think we've kind of gotten to the point where everything's offensive to us and it's like we're, we're protecting ourselves from certain things and this film kind of throws that out the window and gets in your face about... Maybe it's not all right, you know? You no, know, yeah. I'm
2: not. I'm not saying that, like, you know... I'm not saying that. It's like my, my always conversation about how, how things got addressed in certain decades... Is like whether or not the conversation was exhausted and are we done with it. You know? So like in the seventies, like black exploitation, sexploitation, those were really hot topics. Like exploitation film in general, like those are we talked about this on the show. Like whether or not that will ever have a resurgence. I don't think it will. I think that conversation is done. We've had it. We can always go back to that library and look at it if we like. I feel like the nineties was kind of like a touch where it kind of went anti, I hate to use the word PC, because I don't really like politically correct as a as a phrase, but, um, you know, I feel like the 90s did that a lot, when we married with children, and, like, you know, like, that whole aspect, like, people were really trying to, like, kind of poke Shock. fingers at, like, the system kind of thing. Uh, you know, nowadays, I don't know that, like I said, I, th- I don't know if, if that style of addressing a situation is exhausted. Mm. that sh- using shock and using it to, like, throw it in your face. But as we said, like, we saw the Crispin Glover movie, yeah, and he he was, you know, his, his whole idea about it was kind of like, maybe we need a little bit more of that.
0: You know, I don't know. it's right. I, don't, I don't think it's so much the shock part that I'm focusing on as much as it is as the social satire, which I think is what I think needs to kind of be brought back to hit people over the head in a way to understand maybe what's going on in the world today. Satire is definitely safer nowadays.
2: Yeah. What we call satire, I think is, is like, it's funny because I was reading a book, uh, about Quentin Tarantino talking about Bakshi. And he made a point to say, um, if, if you watch blazing saddles and said to yourself, Oh my God, what a social commentary that couldn't be made anymore. Then you are not ready for Coonskin. (laughs) Like you're not ready for that fucking film because like, there are, and 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 more of a library of black exploitation films. You're not ready for that kind of shit right. because, like, I mean, and that's true though. Blazing Saddles probably could not be made nowadays no. with 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 the type of things they were addressing. I, you know, again,
3: yeah, I don't know if it's because the conversation is
2: over and we got it out of our system and now it's
3: done. I don't know. Yeah, like like that. I don't know that answer. I, I don't know if it's been exhausted or not. But at least for me, like seeing this movie was kind of like. It it was something. It's obviously something we don't see every day. So it was kind of like a. It was almost a fresh. It was like mm-hmm. kind of a. It, it was fresh, even though it's it's an, it's an old way of doing things. So I mean, I, I appreciated was, yeah, that. I so. was
0: ab- but I was able to with this movie. I was also able to relate things that were happening then with things that are happening now. I mean, there are certain certain things that I think never
2: change. Yeah, right. Like young people are impressionable. They will do things, and they will not understand everything to its fullest. Mm-hmm. Like you can't at age twenty one get a full effect of what it's like to live a life, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, you know, that opening scene in this film, like I I definitely, exactly Cody, I, I thought the same thing a little bit. Like, like, is that how college kids are now? Like, yeah. But then again, I don't fucking know. Like I don't sure. know. For all I know that these college there's a lot of college kids out there that fucking have experienced that. Like I, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna escape the fact that we are four white guys talking about this kind of shit. And like a lot of us live the suburban life that we don't know shit about anything, you know? We're definitely not experts on this no. in any way. Everybody's but,
1: got their own perspective. Right. I mean, you know, right. that's the bottom line, but like it does it does put, uh, it does shove some things in your face that make you look, it make you look around and go, "Are we being hypocrites? You know, or is, I, I is think the that's world being a thing. hypocrite? I think I, like, irony is a
2: very powerful yeah. message, and I think that you know, like, that'll never fall out of favor. Maybe if this style of, of filmmaking falls out of favor, that's one thing, but irony probably shouldn't. Yeah, to, to point at us and yeah. say. You know, look in the mirror and say, Hey, are you being a hypocrite right now? I think that's a very important thing to do. Right. So
0: Alright guys, well, with that being said, look into the mirror <laughs> and ask yourself, should I be listening to Cole Film Review? And then say, Hell yes. Cause that's our show for this week. What we need you to do is follow us on social media at Cole Film underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. Make sure you file Kyle Ah.
3: You can follow me on Instagram at film underscore Kyle. And after you do that, why don't you look in the mirror and ask yourself, why didn't I vote for Man Called Blade? You should do that. I was rooting for
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> you, can follow, you can follow Chris. Ah! Film underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike. Ah!
2: At Mike Salustio on Twitter.
1: And you can follow
0: me at VHS Collect. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join the cult, just make sure they watch good movies. See you next time.